live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Twelve questions for the Galveston mayoral candidates, part two. Welcome to Meet in the Middle Chronicles. This podcast was made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If you would like to support our efforts, please like us on Facebook and visit our Patreon page. Meet in the Middle Chronicles has been interviewing political candidates since 2017. We believe it provides a valuable public service. To that end, we encourage you to share these podcasts with your friends and neighbors. Due to the length required, we broke up the interviews into three separate podcasts. This is part two. You may find all the podcasts on our Facebook page or on the website clearlaketoday.com. We will ask the Galveston mayoral candidates 12 questions. The questions were created in consultation with former elected officials and current community leaders. None of the candidates knew the questions in advance. Each candidate received the exact same question and was allowed two minutes to answer. Their answers have not been edited in any way. After each question is asked, you will hear all the responses. To remove the possibility of bias, there were no follow-up questions. All the candidates were invited. Craig Brown, James Casey, and Bill Keese accepted our invitation. Two candidates, Roger Caroga and Ray Guzman, refused our invitation. Question 6. Given its appeal to tourists, Galveston's population expands and contracts over the year. Should Galveston residents and taxpayers pay for the additional safety personnel required for the tourist population, or should some of that expense be borne by the hotel occupancy tax? Craig Brown. I personally feel that a portion of this, uh, we need to look at ways of how the hotel occupancy tax laws are structured and work within those boundaries at this point to also include tourism funding for our public safety officers here. We have already done that at the city level here. We are taking hot tax monies and funding public, uh, funding, funding police officers that are right around the seawall area there. And uh, I think there's other ways that we can look at utilizing hot funds uh, for public safety officers. There has been talk at the council level uh, possibly um, talking with the legislature to see if the hot tax logs can be amended in any way that would make it more appropriate for cities like Galveston that have such an influx of tourists uh, to utilize hot tax monies in a more expanded, expanded nature for public safety. And I, th- I would be open to uh, open those discussions, and I think it would be a healthy discussion uh, for this community. James Casey. Well, you know, as well as I do, we go through our summer months and we have had studies done about how many people come here and what the actual amount of first responders or police or fire and whatnot that we would need on those given holidays and weekends through summer months. With that being said, I do have a belief that A lot of our residents have been taxed enough, not only investment partners, but the residents themselves. And I think I know for a fact that uh, we, we have 
plenty of law enforcement. I've seen it myself. Um, we're, our response times are great. I think we're strategically located between Sea Isle, Pirates, Jamaica Beach, um, downtown with EMS and fire and by the new courthouse. Uh, I think that our first responders are extraordinary. Now, if there's a cost to be borne by that, I'm not sure that the the hotel motel taxes are allowed to be spent in that manner. Um, I would have to, you would have to talk to uh, some legal personnel and get some hard facts on that. But uh, Galveston is a tourist town and we need tourist dollars. And and the people that have uh, uh, rely on those big holidays. So if there is a way to need more personnel or have to pay for them, these are some of the things that the city council and the mayor and even the uh, uh, the planning department itself get together and, and get with the city manager and figure out what's needed, along with the police chief and everyone else that if they're saying they need extra monies to put extra people, well, then we're going to have to figure out where they're needed and figure out if we need to meet them halfway or go all in and give them some more money because without those guys, uh, it could be tragic. Bill Keese. I believe that the hotel occupancy tax should be used to help supplement our, uh, cost of, of uh, protecting the Island, uh, during tourist season. Question seven. The Galveston Island Community Center is being torn down to make room for additional public housing units. What are your thoughts on this? Craig Brown. Uh, Knowing my background into the Galveston Housing uh, Authority, uh, they were looking, they have uh, a mandate that has been placed upon them uh, after Reich to bring back public housing of a certain number. The HUD has now put a deadline on the housing authority to make sure that they can accommodate and get those houses, uh, that number of homes, back by a certain timeline. Uh, The housing authority has looked. uh, They're going to use Oleander Homes for part of this, and they have looked at other areas on the island and other methods working with HUD on how they can satisfy this remaining number of homes. Uh, they came up with using 4700 Broadway as the choice. Uh, one thing that it brings to the table is that it is a large piece of land. Uh, it's a piece of land that the Galveston Housing Authority already owns, so there is no extra funding of purchasing of land, and it does make it more economical to do that. I have seen some preliminary plans of this, and they are planning on including market rate, workforce housing, and public housing in these units, and retail there, which would be an attractive addition to that area of Broadway, and they are now working with the city to make sure that architecturally this flows with that whole ambiance and tradition of Broadway. So I do think that it is a good choice, knowing what the housing authority had to go through to decide where they wanted these final component of housing units, and I do think it's a good choice. James Casey. Well, I think that homelessness is a bad deal. 
And I think poverty is a bad deal. And I think people that are in a lower income because we need to provide in our community uh, and better ways to get to those jobs if they were without a car. But I think that public housing, one of the studies have shown in public housing is that people that get into public housing usually never leave public housing. So instead of using it as a tool to get back and make your family whole again and getting back on your feet and finding gainful employment that's doing your family very well so that you can have the American dream of going out and renting your own first home or buying one at one point. I think I came from a very, very poor background and I, I have just through sheer determination, hard work and will, uh, uh, done well by God and my family. And, uh, what I think is we do need to give a helping hand. And, and, and if that is what's needed and, and if that's, what the people would like to vote upon to see if that's what's going to happen. I, I encourage everyone to get out and vote and, and city council and the mayor and everyone is here to do their work, not our own agendas. And if that is what the voters decide, then we will do our due diligence to make their voice heard. Bill Keese. I can see why the need for land is important to fulfill our commitments. I would urge that uh, the community center be rebuilt in another position, another place in the island. It provides services for the people of Galveston that are needed, and it should be locally and, and centrally located. Question 8. The city budget is experiencing financial pressures from an underfunded police pension, a $13 million Ike-related lawsuit judgment, and increasing health care costs, to name a few. To address the financial crunch, the city council increased property taxes by 3.4%. Where in the budget do you think the city council needs to look to trim expenses? If the budget is as tight as possible, where would you look to raise additional revenues? Craig Brown. Well, I think that each department uh, should be reviewed and see uh, what would be the most efficient use of personnel and if the structure of the city and the organizational chart of the city uh, is appropriate for what we have now, or can that be changed? And is there any areas that we can save and that's, uh, save money from that standpoint? The other situation is, is council has worked hard to work with the park board and the port recently to bring in new revenue into the city. And that will be a, quite an assistance to the city of the port, uh, the port uh, contract that was recently done with Royal Caribbean to build the Terminal 3 there. The city worked with the port to make sure that we had financial remuneration coming back from the port for the use of city land there. And the way that is structured now, if you include the sales tax that will come along with the new parking there with that Terminal 3, we're probably looking at about 600000 650000 coming into the city annually from our uh, payment in lieu of taxes for that cruise terminal. Park Board, the same way. We have worked with them, and we'll be, we will be receiving at the city an extra 300000 from the Park Board these additional funds will also be helpful 
as we try to balance the budget and maintain the solvency of our pension plans, our health care system, and contempt to maintain the equitable salary structure for all of our employees. James Casey. Well, that's just a, that's a, that's a good question too. Um, pensions are, are almost a thing of a dinosaur. They've gone bye-bye. Uh, 401ks and Roths and things of this nature, uh, proper planning for your future and retirement are key. So to rely on a pension that would put someone bankrupt over, you know, so many retirees or disabilities being paid out is just, it can't be sustained. It's almost like a social security question. I think that proper, proper money management and planning tools to help officers learn better about investing and giving them more investment opportunities and maybe with some matching could probably help considerably. Um, I saw a sign leaving Galveston that, that was put up that said, uh, thanks for visiting something like that. And uh, the home of the worst retirement of any police force, which I just felt like, horrible over something like that you know you put in your life and your time and 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 someone is just giving you pennies for what you've done so i think it's not really up to the city to give you a golden umbrella to retire upon but also due diligence and and your own family and and living below your means and investing and 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 being the everyday millionaire that so many people talk about uh, and not buying the new cars and the new keeping up with the Joneses. I think a lot of the things that have to do with people's wealth and where they are towards retirement has to do with their, their own household and planning. Now, can we do better on a pension plan if that's how they're going to roll with that? I think that's fine. But uh, the budget is the budget, and the city itself can't live above its means and, and survive as well. So there has to be common ground and people need to come together and figure it out. Uh, and, and it's just another mathematical equation to see how you can best make everyone happy. Because at the end of that day, nobody's going to be happy on either side. Bill Keese. I believe the budget is as tight as possible. And I think that um, uh, what we need to do, since the legislature imposed the 3.5% cap on property taxes, I would urge that I would go to Austin and lobby for the legislature to exempt our police uh, and fire uh, from the general fund uh, obligation with a cap of 3.5%. Question 9. City residents are also facing financial pressures. Water and sewer bills have doubled over the last four years. The school district is asking voters to approve a $218 million bond. Lastly, tax revenues from Galveston's tourism and hospitality industry may be about to take a drop as fears about the coronavirus spread. Given these facts, the budgets of the city's poor and middle class will bear a disproportionate financial hit. What should be the city's response to those residents? Craig Brown. Well, I think what the city should do is we need to make sure that the government 
and the uh, funding for the city, and we're operating as efficiently as possible. So if there's anything that we can do to make sure that we keep our budget as, uh, as streamlined as, as possible, we have extra funding coming into the city, uh, and with the 3.5% tax cap that the legislature has enacted for municipalities, I think there's a very good chance that our tax rate will start going down coming up in the future, and that should be helpful to families here. And then with the extra revenue stream, as I mentioned, from the Port and Park Board, this will allow the council also to consider some type of tax reduction, uh, especially based upon uh, if we can become more efficient in the government operation. James Casey. I have, too, seen the hike on my water bill, garbage, and drainage, so forth. Drainage seemed to be one of the hot topics from the east side to the west end. Uh, there again, we live on a barrier island with some of its highest portions on the west end at six foot of elevation. So it is pretty tough. Uh, people, residents in Indian Beach, they have water standing in their, in their yards for days and week at a time because it has nowhere to go. Um, that being said, I saw a uh, referendum if we were going to outsource our our sanitation to another company that is a bid for a contract that is evidently profitable in what they do. Why are we not profitable in what we do so that why would we have to pay more money to get the same level of service we've been getting in the years past? That being said, the most important thing I think we can invest in is is our drainage and our school system for the youth of our future generations of the island. The island's always been, been about giving back. And giving back means to set an example for the children of the future to do great things and change the world. Um, that's a multifaceted problem that will probably not get solved in any mayor's time at this point. Um, but I am definitely for a school. I'm not about raising taxes, but I am about getting to the business of the people's roads and drainage as well. Bill Keese. I believe the city's response to those residents should be twofold. One, for the long run, I think we need to have a bigger emphasis on seeking federal and state grants to service our, our island. And two, I think we need to um, allow uh, uh, some leeway in the collections of the, of the uh, property taxes from the low and middle income people. Question 10. Affordable housing for lower wage workers has long been a topic in Galveston politics. What is your view on affordable housing? Should the taxpayer-funded resources of City Hall be involved, or should private industry be left to deal with the issue on their own? Craig Brown. I like the answer to that question is a combination of the two. Number one, I am not in support of using public money to compete with private business. But I do think that there will be ways that the city possibly could assist a private plan and develop a public-private partnership 
to address public housing, excuse me, to address affordable housing. The Vision Galveston Group that has been working very diligently uh, to come up with recommendations for the city, uh, they have developed a, a community development corporation and will be bringing to the city within the near future recommendations for affordable housing. That's when I think council will need to look at that. Uh, I don't see council getting into the for I don't see the city, quote, getting into the affordable housing business. But I think there may be some type of partnership that we could generate with an entity such as the Community Development Corporation to in some manner assist them to provide affordable housing from more of a private from a private funding standpoint. James Casey. This is a topic that comes up a lot and when we uh, are talking to real estate agents and people that are trying to maybe move to our city. The uh, the rental single-family home monthly on a long-term lease has skyrocketed. I mean, to the point where if you had a decently paying job by the end of the payment of your, your, your rent, there's not much left over. And this, this goes for anywhere on the East end apartments all the way to just very old 1950s fishing cottages on the far West end. It's just the supply and the demand has just been exponential so that free enterprise has been able to just the, you can't keep up with the rents. Somebody's always willing to pay more. And it's to have the paradise and the beach life of what we strive to have down here in Galveston. Um, I know that people work here that don't even live here because they just can't afford. They, they could work at the hospital and they, they just can't afford to buy anything or rent anything. It's just not worth it to them, they think. Um, I don't think that's a problem that will be solved, not any having to do with the city. That's personal property of the people that bought those homes and they turn them into rental properties. And we, as American citizens and the citizen of the city or Texas, you have the right to just tell them, no, thank you. Have a nice day. I can't afford it. There again, live within your means. And, and that, that being said, if it's not affordable to you, it's just probably not going to fit in your budget to live on this island. It's not the way that this island's heading. I mean, I, you, if you would have told me this question in 2000, you could probably find a place to live for half as much as you can today. But what will happen in the next 10 years? I, I would say it would probably double. Bill Keese. I don't believe that private industry has shown a willingness to deal with this issue on its own. I believe a solution to this would be for a public-private partnerships to address our housing needs on the island. This concludes part two of the questioning of the candidates for Galveston mayor. Part three can be found on our Facebook page or on clearlaketoday.com. Thank you for listening to Meet in the Middle Chronicles. This podcast was made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If you would like to support our efforts, please like us on Facebook and visit our Patreon page.